Today is one of those unique days in the readings where we hear one of Christ's parents speak directly to us about their son. Now, before I get into that, I want to point out that the Bible is filled with people speaking. This can either be directed toward each other, with speaking towards God, God speaking to us humans, or in the New Testament, we have people speaking about Christ. Or most importantly, we have Christ speaking to us. We have what he said. There are many different types of dialogue within the Bible using all sorts of various writing styles. There's chronology, metaphors, parables, letters, proverbs, etc. Now, because we believe that the Holy Spirit is the co-author of the scriptures, we believe that there is a lot of weight on these words and that there is cause for much contemplation for each of us. There's tons of meaning that we can pull out of them and apply to our lives. There's a phrase which I heard back in grade school which has always struck with me, which has always stuck with me in reference to the applicability of the Bible in our lives. Namely, that the Bible will mean absolutely nothing to any of us and will fall into the realm of simply nice poetry, sayings, whatever, with little to no relevance unless we insert ourselves into the story and hear the individual speak directly to us, or we see how their actions affect each one of us personally. This concept of inserting ourselves into a story isn't new. It's not foreign to our thoughts. However, it struck me in particular with regards to the Bible when I heard it. So this communication which we're able to listen in on, which we're able to hear, is crucially important because it gives us the context in which we can learn from the good and the evil that our forefathers committed and therefore find a way to grow from their experiences and develop a closer relationship to the Lord. In the Old Testament, we hear many stories where God is speaking to individuals and instructing them down a path which prepares the world for the Messiah. This is the case in particular in our first reading today. God is asking Abraham to trust him and that the sign, the proof of the veracity of God's word will be the fact that Abraham's descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. The crux of this is that it is through trust that God is able to work miracles which exceed our wildest expectations. Through trust in God, Abraham would become the father of countless millions. Now, to him, this definitely didn't seem possible, I'm sure, because being an old man at that time, he only had two children. Yet God asked him to be faithful, not to question how this was going to happen, but to be faithful to his word. And now, after he was faithful, there are over four billion people in the world today within three major religions who claim Abraham as their father in the faith. Now, by placing ourselves within this story, we see that God is asking us to be faithful to him so that he too can work wonders through our lives which build up the kingdom of God. See, the story still applies to us, even though it's principally an account between Abraham and God. The gospel from today is similar. We hear the transfiguration account in which Christ manifests his glory. The three apostles, Peter, James, and John, were led up to the mountaintop to pray. 
During that time period at the top, Christ becomes whiter than snow and dazzles like the sunshine. And Moses and Elijah appear to be conversing with him. Now there's lots of different details and questions which surround this story. For example, it's important that Moses and Elijah are the ones that appear and speak with Christ because they both represent the law and the prophets respectfully, and both of which Christ is the fulfillment. Also, it's important that it was Peter, James, and John who were led up to the mountain to witness this event. Peter is the one who denied Christ and, despite that, was asked to lead his church as the first pope. James was the first martyr, and John was the last of the apostles to die, thus having witnessed all of the apostles, all of his friends, die for Christ. Each of these persons arguably needed to be strengthened in in a particular way by this physical manifestation of Christ's divinity. Now the last detail of the story is crucially important. God's voice cried out from the cloud, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. This is one of the two instances in which we hear the voice of Jesus' Father speak to us about him, the other being at the baptism in the Jordan River. Now, this was God speaking to Peter, James, and John. However, like I mentioned, we need to place ourselves in the story and hear the Father speak to us about his Son. The Father is telling us that Christ is truly his beloved Son. And what's more, he says we need to listen to him. We are being told to do that by the Father, to listen to Christ. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the homily, there are really only two instances in which Jesus' parents speak directly to us about him. It's curious that in both of these moments where his parents speak directly to us, they tell us effectively the same thing. In the wedding feast at Cana, Mary tells us to do whatever he tells us. And here we have the Father say in a continuation of that sentiment, listen to him. His parents who know him best are emphatically telling us that he has something important for us to be reminded of. There is something that he has to offer us which affects our entire life. This then leads us back to trust and seeing what he has to offer and seeing that what he has to offer is pertinent to each of us. Through trusting that Jesus truly does care about us, that he wants what's best for us, and that everything he tells us is for our own good, we can find the courage to then do whatever he tells us. And then, like Abraham, God will be able to work incomprehensible miracles through us to build up the kingdom of heaven through our lives. This is my beloved son. Listen to him.